Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins is brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates, Alberta Injury Lawyers, the heavy hitters of injury law. Well, it is a rout in Montreal. One minute left in the third quarter. The Alouettes leading the Rough Riders 36, a 24-point lead for Montreal. The Riders coming off that win uh, in Edmonton on Saturday, not going their way tonight against the Alouettes. Shawinigan 3, Hamilton 2 at the Memorial Cup. Oil Kings play Hamilton tomorrow. And I'll give you this update once again. It's important to remember, as long as the Oil Kings do not lose in regulation time, they will advance to the semifinal at the Memorial Cup, and then they'd play uh, either Shawinigan or St. John. But uh, the, the Oil Kings, if they win, they're fine. If they lose in overtime, they're fine. They just can't lose in regulation time tomorrow against Hamilton. That game, of course, is at uh, 4 o'clock. And the uh, Edmonton Riverhawks are back at it tomorrow, 6 o'clock, against the Wenatchee Apple Sox. And that leads me into my next guest who has had an amazing life and career in baseball. He's worked for Bill James. He worked for ESPN.com. He worked for FoxSports.com. And now he is the commissioner of the West Coast League in which the Riverhawks play. I am pleased to welcome to Inside Sports Rob Nyer. Rob, you're on with Reed. How are you doing? I'm well. Gosh, it's, it's, it's crazy to meet somebody who actually knows what I used to do. Uh, well, the I, you know, I... Uh, we, we talked this afternoon, and uh, Steve Hogle, who is uh, well-known in Edmonton, he used to be on television. His dad was a, a legend on television uh, earlier in, in Edmonton, and Hogle worked for uh, for the Oilers for the bit. He went and worked for the Saskatoon Blades, so he said, you're coming to town. I was like, wait, I recognize that name. Could that be? And, yes, <laughs> it, it is indeed you. So we got a, we got a lot to talk about. Uh, so I'm happy you're coming on the show. First of all, let, let's dive in with your relationship with Bill James who, uh, like, do we call Bill the godfather of analytics or advanced stats? Uh, tell me about Bill and your relationship. He has been called many things. Uh, I first came across Bill back in the fall of 1984 when I went off to college for the first time, and I was walking, looking at the sports books, as I always did when I went into a bookstore, and I saw this book, The Bill James Baseball Abstract. What is this? This looks interesting. And I was, at that time, an obsessive, a passionate baseball fan and an obsessive Kansas City Royals fan. So I went straight to the chapter in the book about the Royals, about their previous season, uh, and was just immediately taken with Bill's writing and his thinking. Took the book home, read it over the span of a day or two, and from that moment forward, if you had asked me, Rob, what is the one thing you'd like to do with your life, or what, what's, what would be your dream job, I would have said working for Bill James, having zero idea of how that would actually could actually happen. Well, 
through a series of twists and turns and, 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 and a failed academic career, four and a half years later, uh, I found myself working for Bill James. And I worked for Bill for four years and, and uh, have written a book with him, and we've, um, we've been friends ever since. Well, that, that's amazing, and, and uh, I, I know you give a lot of credit to Bill, but clearly you, you crafted out uh, and are crafting out an, an incredible uh, a career of your own, and I know you've done a lot of writing, and we want to get into that, but I, I want to talk, because, Rob, I don't know how closely you follow other sports, but analytics in hockey has kind of ramped up over the last dozen years or so. Sometimes there's arguments about analytics and old-school analysis and the good old eye test. And sometimes people say, well, baseball lends itself more to analytics because it starts with a static situation. Pitcher holding the ball, batter waiting to be pitched the ball. Hockey's a lot more fluid. Like, how do you look at at, at the growth of analytics in other sports? Because it seems to me it, it all kind of started with... Uh, with baseball, Bill James, you, and then, you know, the money ball stuff. Like, how, how do you look at the growth of this, not just in baseball, but in other sports? Well, and baseball does have a unique place in the history of sports analytics because it, it really started, now it didn't, it didn't have much influence, but really it started more than a century ago. There were some people doing some pretty interesting work back in, like, 1912. Nobody really paid much attention. But it was happening here and there over the course of some decades. And then in the late 60s, early 70s, people started doing more work because they had access to computers and could do computations that they needed to do to figure some things out or at least begin to figure some things out. But no, it really didn't take off until the early 80s because not only did Bill have this analytical mind and by the way he didn't have computers <laughs> in the, when bill That's started a in for a long time all he had he had he had notebooks and had to write things down um and he made that work and it, the reason that it worked is because his writing style was people found that so engaging if it had just been the numbers people wouldn't have paid attention but it was bill it was fun to read bill's work and that led to many more people reading about these, what Bill called sabermetrics. Now they're called analytics, and they're in every sport. Um, I think what you said about baseball versus the other sports, it's true, was true for a long time. People did some work, especially in professional football and also basketball, and they found some things, but the static nature of baseball does make it easier. Now what has changed in the last, I don't know how many years, I'm not sure when this movement began, but as I'm sure you, you know, it is now possible through various methods to precisely track the movement of every player on the field right. and the ball or the puck, which means that a lot of those limitations that did exist, say, 10 years ago, really aren't there anymore. So uh, there's amazing work being done in all those movement sports, basketball, hockey, um, uh, soccer, absolutely. So they, they haven't caught up because they haven't had the history, but they are certainly working hard. Yeah, yeah, that's true, and we're seeing that. I mean, just watching the Stanley Cup final, they, they'll flash up the the speed of the shot, right, or a player's top speed on his shift or whatever. So things are mm-hmm. – there's more information available for, for the fan. Absolutely. Rob Nyer joining us tonight on uh, Inside. Now, how many books are, are – you've written a, a ton of stuff. How many books are, are you up to, and what's the latest one that people should pay attention to? 
Well, it, you know, it depends on the way I count them. <laughs> it's eight now. Okay. Um, my name's been on the covers of a few other books, but I felt like my role doesn't that wasn't really large enough for me to to claim them as my own. I've co-authored a few books. I do count those. And the new one is called "The Umpire Is Out." Uh, and it's uh, I, I helped uh, a longtime major league umpire named Dale Scott. Dale was in the American League and then the major and then the majors when they merged the leagues, umpire wise, uh, for 31 seasons. And has a unique story. He's he was and remains the only major league umpire to come out during his career. So that's you know 20 percent of the book, and the other 80 percent is just great stories about being a, an umpire for a long, long time. And Dale was fantastic to work with. Almost every word in that book is is his. But I helped him shape the book, and I and I certainly put a maybe you call it a polish um, after it. After we had many, many conversations, the book's just been out for a couple of months, and. People really seem to enjoy it. I'm really pleased. It's, you know, it's funny. It's not really my book. It's really Dale's book, but uh, it is the best-reviewed book that I've ever, ever been involved with. I, I got to pick up a copy of that because I love the, I, I love the the stories about the behind the scenes for fish. I, I was talking a lot about officiating in the first hour of my show because of the too many men thing from the Cup final last night. I don't know if you saw that, but um, but I, I find. When you do actually interview an umpire, a referee, a linesman, it's such an added perspective. I don't think they talk to the media enough, quite frankly. No, I, I think, think that should be more open. Yeah, I think that's true. They've been sort of forced over the years, well, maybe since the beginning, into sort of a defensive position, and people are so critical. Uh, and I, you look back back in when I was writing for ESPN, I was critical of the umpires all the time, um, and I think I still would be if I had that if I was writing daily. But I do have a greater understanding now for how difficult the job is, how much they care about getting the call right. Now I will say that back when back in the 90s, there was a stretch there when a lot of the umpires. And Dale admits this in the book. The umpires sort of were, they were sort of running the show. They didn't really have any supervision. There was very little accountability. And sometimes you could, you could tell. That's, most of that's gone away. Not completely, but most of it has. And the umpires, I think, today are better than they've ever been. And especially the younger umpires are in tremendous shape and have incredible eyes when it comes to balls and strikes. Um, it's easy to spot their mistakes now because of the technology, but, boy, they're good at what they do. So that book is uh, called The Umpire Is Out, Dale Scott and Rob Nyer. Are we ever going to have robot umps in the big leagues? It seems inevitable. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they modify the system or if they sort of ease into it. MLB's always been resistant to change. You might recall that when they first started using video review, or instant replay as most people call it, for the calls, they only used it in very, very limited situations. I believe the first few seasons it was only for disputed home run calls. There might have been one more thing, but it was very limited. And at the time, the commissioner then, Bud Selig, said that this is as far as we're going to go. I can't imagine we'd ever want to take this any farther than, than, we have, than what we have now. And, of course, now it's used in many, many more situations. But they're always slow at that level 
to make changes. So I wouldn't be surprised if they eased into it. Maybe, maybe you could in, in the majors instead of every pitch, it's you can you can challenge ten pitches in the first seven innings, and then after that, who knows how they'll wind up doing it. But I, I might I'll be a little surprised if they just go all the way at, at the beginning. But I do it's absolutely coming. It's just a question of when. Okay, now for you. So we're talking about the the writing, the the, uh, and I'm glad you called it sabermetrics because you're right. That's what it was before it was analytics. All that work you've done. How do you get to be the commissioner of a baseball league, the West Coast League? How did this happen? That story has not been told, let alone written. I, I'm actually not exactly sure myself, but I can tell you <laughs> how it worked for what it, what it looked like from my side. And by the way, it's not something that there have been very few writers who have been league presidents or baseball commissioners. There was a man named Ford Frick. You might know that name. He was the president of the American League for a number of years back in the 50s and 60s. He had been a writer. In fact, he was Babe Ruth's ghostwriter on at least one book. Uh, I think George Will might have been the the, the nominal commissioner of, of an independent pro league a few years ago, maybe for one season. But it's, it's, a, it's a strange thing for for this to happen um usually it's a baseball guy right somebody who's been in the game well four and a half years ago i gave a talk at a banquet here in portland oregon where i live and in the crowd that evening was a man named dan siegel who runs the corvallis knights you might be aware the knights are a dynasty they win the championship well, they've won it every year since I've been commissioner, and they won it the year before that, I think. So it's an incredible organization, just to throw that in. Dan, for some reason, they were looking for a, a commissioner at that exact moment. They just lost their commissioner or their president for whatever reasons, and they were looking for someone to basically fill in for the summer. Uh, and for whatever reason, Dan thought I might be a good fit. I don't know why. I don't know what, you know, my, my talk was about baseball's history and why I still thought it, it we should talk about it as our America's national pastime. And Dan and I met. I guess that went okay. And before too long, he even then, that meeting, he asked me if I'd be interested. And I said, sure. I, it just so happened I was finishing my my uh, a different book, uh, a book I wrote called Powerball. This was in the winter of 2018, spring of 2018. And quite frankly, I had absolutely nothing going on that summer. I, I literally zero prospects. Um, none of my book projects were seemed like they were going to happen. Um, I, I didn't have any any hope for employment as a as a blogger or a columnist. You know, I basically was looking for something to do. So I figured, sure, I'll do this for a few months. I'll take I'll do it during the season, and then they'll probably find somebody more suitable for the job and here i am four four and a half years later okay well this is we're gonna have to try to talk again because i'm getting i'm getting low on time uh you, you're coming <laughs> to edmonton uh ha, have you been to edmonton before and uh how do you feel about the riverhawks franchise so far well i mean i've been terribly impressed with some of the talent that i've seen um I, i've uh, i saw a, a home run derby in portland um, just last week, when they had a rain out, they, they put on a little home run derby uh, instead, and uh, I saw some incredible power. Um, uh, obviously, the market is phenomenal. What an asset for our league ownership. 
is off the charts. We, you're, everybody there is well familiar with with Randy and Dale. I'm I'm sure. So I just couldn't don't have enough nice things to say about the the organization. I have not been to Edmonton, and I am or Kamloops for that matter. I'm incredibly excited about my trip this weekend. I'll be flying into Kamloops for the game there tomorrow night, and then. Saturday, I will be on my way to Edmonton for the game that that evening. Okay. Well, the, the this is awesome. Uh, hopefully, uh, uh, you know, I don't know. It's what June twenty fifth. You're going to be here. It's going to be somewhere between minus ten and plus thirty Celsius. That fair? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm actually. It, okay. This is the perfect week. It's supposed to be ninety seven Fahrenheit on Sunday here, and I will be thrilled to not be in Portland this 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 weekend. Uh, I, I got to do conversion because I the the, the high of uh, the, see I can't convert because we're so metric here we can't figure out yes. like when the states is going to catch up to the rest of the world. It you know we tried back in the late seventies and and somehow <laughs> the, some politicians put the kibosh on that, but we should have done it a long time ago. The high is supposed to be about seventy two Fahrenheit on Saturday for you in Edmonton. So there you go. Absolutely perfect. Okay. Hey, Rob, let, let's try to talk again this summer. It's cool you're coming to Edmonton. Uh, I, I, I love your work. The The latest book is called The Umpire is Out. I'm going to have to pick up a copy of that. Enjoy your trip. Thank you so much for hopping on the show tonight. Reed, it's been my pleasure. I can't wait till next time. That is Rob Nyer. He is the commissioner of the West Coast League, and you have probably read his work at some point if you are any sort of a baseball fan. Uh, Matt, very interesting guy, and coming to Edmonton for that Riverhawks game on Saturday. Riverhawks start that series tomorrow night against the Wenatchee Apple Sox, 6 p.m. at uh, Remax Field. We're going to call a quick timeout. It's Inside Sports on Chet. listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader 630 Chad. Alright, eight and a half minutes left in Montreal. The Alouettes cruising tonight, crushing the Rough Riders 33-6. It's going to be the uh, first loss of the season for the Riders, barring a uh, completely remarkable comeback, which I don't see happening. Edmonton Stingers leading Elite Basketball League lose on the road tonight, 92-84 to the Ottawa Blackjacks, they are named after a rabbit, not a casino game. Yeah, their, their logo is just an ace and a king. 21. No, it's, actually, it's actually a rabbit. It's a, I, I will never forget the... I, I want to say it was Rick Riley, because when he was at his prime writing for Sports Illustrated, he usually had all the best lines. So I, I think it was Rick Riley. And there was that while there that Michael Jordan was kind of, you know, stuff was coming out that he really, really liked to gamble. And I believe it was Riley who wrote, I'm not saying Michael Jordan has a gambling problem, but he yells blackjack every time he scores his 21st point of the game. <laughs> I always thought that was very funny. <laughs> uh, what else can I, okay, Memorial Cup. Again, Shawinigan 3, Hamilton 2. Oil Kings against Hamilton tomorrow at 4. The Oil Kings are into the semifinal as long as they do not lose in regulation time. So if the Oil Kings win in any fashion or lose in overtime, they're fine. They're into the semi. They just can't lose in regulation. You know what that might... If that game is tied late in the third period, Hamilton might pull their goalie because if Hamilton goes to overtime, they're out. An overtime win isn't enough for them. That could be something to keep in mind tomorrow uh, as well. Elks at Stampeders, Saturday on 6.30, Chad. 
3.30 for the countdown to kick off the games at 5. No inside sports tomorrow. we got Game 5 of the Stanley Cup Final. Avs on home ice up 3-1. they got a chance to win the Stanley Cup. Uh, Dave Campbell will be hosting next week. I'm going to be on vacation. Maybe I'll see you around town. Thanks to Kellen Kennedy and Derek Scott back at the studio tonight. Dave Campbell is the, stu- is the uh, producer of the show. My name's Reed. Take care. Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.